0: Wednesday morning, hump day here on Locked On Syracuse, and we have a lot to talk about. First of all, Jim Beheim and Syracuse basketball. They might finally have a center on the hook, but can they reel him in from the transfer portal? And we'll also talk about the ACC schedule that was released recently. Is it a good draw for the Orange? And finally, class of 2022 superlatives rolls on. We know that Beheim has a doghouse. It's not an official thing, but it's a real thing. Who is most likely to end up on the wrong side of the bench and on the wrong side of the Jim Beheim favor? All that and more on Locked On Syracuse. Let's go. You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, all right, all right. Locked On Syracuse with your host, Brad Klein, the voice of the people. You're on the Locked On Podcast family, your team, every day. So, Wednesday morning. Who's excited? A lot to talk about again. uh, If you're a Syracuse basketball fan and not a Syracuse football fan, obviously a lot of crossover. But I feel like most of the locals are not really supporters of the football team. They'll support the basketball team because you have some success there. You have something to cheer about. So if you are a Syracuse basketball fan, not a football fan, this show's for you. We're going to talk a little bit about the class of 2022. We're going to talk about the ACC schedule. But we begin today with the roster. And that is the biggest hole on the roster, backup center. It's been a problem that has persisted Syracuse for, honestly, years at this point. And... It's certainly a problem that was above the pay grade of Jim Beheim last year. He just didn't have enough guys. Now, Frank Anselm was good. And for a backup, he was good as a backup center. But people knew that Anselm was probably going to transfer. And when he does, who's your guy? Sidibe's gone. He's graduated after his extra year. John Bullard Jock is not a center anymore. He's a forward. And Peter Carey coming in ain't ready. So when Frank Anselm transfers to Georgia, what's the next move? Try to go get someone in the portal. And so they tried. Quincy Ballard, Syracuse native, ACC player, Florida State. He enters the portal and he goes to Wichita. We lost him to Wichita State? That was the reaction. Now it makes a lot of sense for Ballard because he gets the start at Wichita State. Wouldn't have gotten the start at Syracuse because of Jesse Edwards. So now you're trying to recruit a center to play 10 to 15 minutes a game. A job that Jim Beheim himself described as nearly impossible in this day and age. The free-flowing transfer rules, so many different spots, appealing locations... It's really impossible to recruit a guy to play backup. Unless you dig deep enough. And it looks like that's what Syracuse is trying to do. Syracuse basketball just toured Munir Hima from Duquesne. He just visited the campus earlier. I think it was the weekend, but it could have been on Monday. And Munir Hima, 6'11", 220, From Duquesne, rising sophomore, played 21 games, average, get this, 1.9 points, 2.8 rebounds at Duquesne. (laughs) Okay, so why, you might be asking, why would Syracuse be even remotely interested in a guy who could barely hold his own weight? at a school like Duquesne? Well, the answer is he's a body, and they need anyone. And Jim Beheim himself said that the roster is not complete. So they need a body. And 6'11", 220 is a body. So they need a body, but also it does make a little bit of sense if you think about precedent. So he comes from St. Benedict's Prep. He played his prep ball in New Jersey, and that is the same prep school that Barama Sidibe played at. Same prep school that Tyler Ennis played for. So there's precedent there. There's history there. There's a connection there. I don't know if Syracuse is going to get him. He has some other offers. The Orange are the only Power 5 team in on him. So you would think they'd have the upper hand. And then you think about the connection with his prep school. I think they will get him if they want him. Which it looks like they do. Just as a body just as a bridge-backup quarterback, if you will. Bridge-backup center. Quarterbacking the middle of the 2-3 zone. It is kind of sad that this is what it comes to. Munir Hima, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but you start five games at Duquesne, and you can barely stay on the floor. And now you're going to transfer to an ACC school and be a big part of an ACC team. Doesn't make a lot of sense, right? He played fewer than 10 minutes a game at Duquesne. I'm not saying that he would do much worse in the ACC. I really don't think he would. I think you can count on a guy like Munir Hima to give you a basket a game and get like three rebounds. That's not a lot. The good thing about Hema, though is that It seems like he's basically playing the role at Duquesne. He's playing the role that he would be asked to play at Syracuse. So when you hear Jim Beheim say, well, it's impossible to recruit a a guy to play backup center. Well, yeah, it's impossible unless you have someone who's okay with being the backup. And most guys who enter the portal want to start. That's why they enter the portal. But it's an upgrade for Hema. If he can go from 10 minutes a game at Duquesne to 10 minutes a game at Syracuse, big upgrade. And Syracuse will take him out of desperation. Again, it's sad that this is what it's come to. You would think that the backup center is not supposed to be someone who you only want on your team for one year. And that's the problem with a guy like So You have a couple of scholarships to give, but what's going to happen? He's a sophomore, so you give him a scholarship, and now you're tied down for a few more years. But eventually, Peter Carey's going to get good. Right? I guess you want to hold on to him because Jesse Edwards is coming up on his final year. But then, and now you have to start thinking ahead. You really want a center room of Peter Carey, Munir Hima, and technically John Bolajak, and whoever you're able to bring in after that? I don't know. That seems way too thin. It's thin enough now, and Edwards is one of the best centers in the ACC. So I see the appeal, I would probably pull the trigger on it, but I'd prefer probably a grad senior, but then again, name me a grad senior that wants to play 10, maybe 15 minutes a game. It's going to be hard to come by, very hard to come by, and to be completely honest with you, I don't know if they exist, but Munir Hima, another guy who's probably too thin to compete at an ACC level, but is going to be asked to do so. And this guy's coming from Duquesne, averaging two points per game. Congratulations. That's where your program is. (laughs) If you're a Syracuse fan, that could be tough to hear. So let that simmer in. Summer is coming, by the way. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that your family vacations are fueled for summer adventures with plenty of flavor. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy, they're delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can actually do both, and it's easy. All you have to do, go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can actually eat healthy and enjoy doing it. Now, You might be asking yourself, okay, I understand the built Bar thing, but what are the Puffs? The Puffs are pretty cool because we're going crazy for them at Locked On. They're basically a protein-infused marshmallow. They come in crazy flavors, banana cream pie, even churro. Who wouldn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Sign me up. If that's, if that's not enough flavor for you, you might want to even go with the mix Box. The mix boxes has come with 12 flavors of bars and puffs. Now, Bill bar makes sure that there's something for everyone. You know what my favorite is? I'm going Coconut Almond still. I know what you're thinking. Oh my God, Brad, when is Coconut Almond going to be dethroned? I don't know if it ever will, but so far it's Coconut Almond, Banana Cream, banana cream Pie, I should say, Churro, they're all very good. Most built bars, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, usually it's about 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Go to built.com, get all your favorites banana cream pie. Raspberry, double chocolate, so many more. And they're all delicious, new flavors coming out all the time. Check them out at built.com. The offer, go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. So we talked about desperate times and desperate measures for Syracuse basketball. Munir Hima, Duquesne transfer. Maybe going to Syracuse, he toured, and it looks like the Orange are in on this guy who scored two points a game at Duquesne. So, yay for that, (laughs) I guess. Now let's talk a little bit about what Hema would be getting himself into, and that is the ACC schedule. 2022-2023. And I'm not a huge schedule guy. I said it a few days ago, I don't really care. Especially like the NFL schedule dropped. Called a week ago, whatever it was. And I went on the pod and said, like, I just don't really care. Because most of the schedule is already determined for you. So, I don't think this is the biggest deal. Syracuse largely knew who they were going to play anyway. But it is interesting to see how it's all going to shake out. So, when it comes to home and home, and you can pause or rewind if you need to absorb this. But the home and home opponents... Team they're going to visit, team they're going to host. Boston College, Pittsburgh, Georgia Tech, Notre Dame, Virginia, Virginia Tech. This is all in hoops. And that seems fine. Okay, tell me more, Brad. Well, their road opponents, this is where it gets interesting. So their road opponents, you have, and these only teams that are only going to be played on the road. Clemson, Florida State. Louisville, Miami. So Miami was pretty good last year. If you remember, Syracuse had them on the ropes. They were up by 18 last year in Coral Gables. So if you want to take that into consideration, go ahead. But you look at the other road opponents, and it's not a very difficult schedule. So again, take Miami out of the equation. The team that Syracuse had on the ropes... They were up by 18 on the road last year. Clemson was just one game over 500. Florida State, three over. Louisville, six under. Do the math. That means that the three purely road opponents' aggregate record, two games under 500. Well, what does that mean for the home schedule? It means that the home schedule is probably difficult, right? Well, yeah. You're going to play Duke at home. You're going to play North Carolina at home. NC State, they were bad last year. And Wake Forest, who was really good, but somehow didn't make the tournament. The conversation for another pod, and that is the Locked On Demon Deacons pod. So, NC State was bad. But if you're going to play Duke, North Carolina, shouldn't you want it to be at home? The Loud House... Dome court advantage? Yeah. You knew you were going to play Duke. That's the thing. The schedule releases. You know who you're going to play. You knew you were going to play Duke. You knew you were going to play North Carolina. But shouldn't you celebrate the fact that you don't have to travel there? In fact, it's actually pretty wild. Syracuse will first play in the state of North Carolina. In Greensboro. (laughs) ACC tournament yeah because think about it all four of the teams that I mentioned as purely home opponents are in North Carolina North Carolina, NC State, Duke, Wake Forest those are the ACC North Carolina teams so pretty wild statistical anomaly there and then the home and homes balance out but if you're a schedule release person this is a good day for you and typically, like I said, I'm not. But I can even acknowledge how this is a very, very, very kind draw for Syracuse. The road, pretty easy. And you think about it, like, again, the team that you should be concerned about on the road, you probably should have beaten last year. Not, not probably, definitely should have beaten last year. And part of that game, you can look at, well... Syracuse had a habit of collapsing in the second half. Yeah, they did. So should you be, did you deserve to beat Miami? No. At the end of the day, you had fewer points, but something to think about. The home and homes balance out. So overall, positive for Syracuse basketball. But interesting. Interesting to see how many people put stock into it too. But it seems good. It seems like it's a good thing for Syracuse by the way with ever increasing numbers of makes and models for cars it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning is your odyssey an lx or an ex i have no idea and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry no you have computers with access to rockauto.com at home, and in your pocket. Save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? Example, my father, Honda Odyssey Fuel Pump, $353 from a chain store, $216 from Rock Auto. That's some real savings right there. Uh, So that's something to look at with the pricing, the convenience, The other thing is, Rock Auto is a family business. They get it. They've been in your shoes. They've been doing it for over 20 years for the do-it-yourselfers. They have everything you can need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even a new carpet for your floors. And I just love it. Go to explore their easy-to-use website today. Find the solution to all your auto parts needs. Make sure you go to rockauto.com. And type in the how'd you find us section. Typed in, lo- type in locked on so they know that we sent you. And they're going to give you the best deals. RockAuto.com will offer the best prices for all your car troubles and all your car needs. So Rockauto doing what they do best. We talked about the Syracuse ECC basketball draw. We talked about the Duquesne transfer. Muneer Hima, who will likely be a part of Syracuse's roster next year. Sad but true. Let's talk about the additions to Syracuse's roster that are not sad, but might have a sad time. Superlative time, class of 2022. Which incoming freshman is most likely to end up in Jim Boeheim's stockhouse? First of all, unfortunate that we have to go there. But we do. Because who ends up in the doghouse is a very predictable tradition. It's bound to happen. Old man, get off my lawn at times. If you don't do something right, he's going to pull you. Last year was Frank Anselm. Years passed. Name that comes to mind, Tyler Roberson. Frank Howard, too. Guys that just got on Beheim's nerves. And the thing is, with the doghouse, I'm going to tell you who's going to end up in the doghouse. The thing about the doghouse is that, and you can make the argument that Benny Williams was there too, the thing about the doghouse is that typically it is the home of talented players. Home of guys that Beheim knows are capable of more. Like, John Bullajock is a fine player. But let's face it, he's not the most talented player, and he's certainly not the most physically imposing player. So what is he? Basically, Bayheim has taken the path of whatever we get, we get, we don't get upset with John Bullock. Expect nothing, be pleasantly surprised. But that is not the mindset that he had with the athleticism of Frank Anselm and the athleticism of Benny Williams last year. That's why they ended up in the doghouse because they didn't play up to snuff. They didn't play the way that Beheim thought they would and the way that Beheim thought they would and thus permitted him to offer a scholarship, enticed him to offer a scholarship. So a lot of who's going to end up in the doghouse is expectations. That's why it's Chris Bunch. And you think about what Chris Bunch is walking into. First of all, high expectations, a guy that was in the top 100 for multiple recruiting sites leading up to the final deadline of recruitment when he basically fell out for no real reason. At the end of the day, would if he was on this pod, he would tell you that Bunch just hasn't really been seen, COVID, wasn't exposed, didn't play in every tournament that he could have, so no one really knows about him, but he's that good. Okay, cool. Only supports my argument. Beheim thinks the world of this kid. And you remember the last time Syracuse brought in a lanky forward with high expectations. Benny Williams. I think Benny's going to be fine. I think he's going to be fine this year. But he struggled last year. And they're different players. Bunch is a better shooter so he can rely on his shot certainly a lot more than Benny could. Benny's shot was broken last year. Huge hole in his game. Basically playing with one foot out there because the shot is so important. So a Bunch can shoot, fine. But I think the position group's going to be pretty crowded. You think about John will probably. it sounds crazy, but it's true. John Bullock might be the best defensive forward that Syracuse has next year. Crazy but true. Sad but true. Betty Williams is going to play. He knows the program. He knows the position. Justin Taylor might be forced to play some three-a-times. So Chris Bunch is going to be pressed for playing time off the jump. And if Bayheim sees a reason to get upset, if Beheim sees a hole in Bunch's game, if he sees something that Bunch needs to improve on... If Bunch has growing pains to the point where he might not be helping the team at that given moment, he's going to be pulled. The easy answer for superlative, most likely to end up in the doghouse, Peter Carey, Kadir Copeland. But I don't think Bayheim has high enough expectations for them to be in the doghouse. They can play as much or even less than Bunch. I'm not looking at a guy who's likely to redshirt. I'm looking at a guy who's likely to play, but my goodness, why did he not get that rebound? Go sit for the final 10 minutes of the game. That's the guy I'm talking about. This is not an indictment on Chris Bunch. I'm not saying that he's going to be a bad player. I think he's going to be a fine player. I think he'll likely be better than Benny Williams. I know he needs to be better than Penny Williams. But... You think about what he's going to be asked to do early on. And there's a part of me that is afraid that he might be put in a position to fail. And when he fails, Bayheim will be doing one of his classic Jim Beheim grins and finger waggles. Get over here. Sit down. Something to think about. And if it is Chris Bunch, it'll likely be Chris Bunch for a reason. Bayam's not just picking on a guy. Typically, when you end up in the Syracuse doghouse, one of two things happens. You either end up better for it on the other side, or you transfer. <laughs> it's pretty crazy to even use that word with Chris Bunch right now because it hasn't even really started at Syracuse. But in this day and age... Transfers, it's never crazy. Never out of the equation, unfortunately. So I say Chris Bunch, most likely to end up in the Syracuse doghouse. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. Now make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael and from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter, is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock draft, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I actually like the NBA draft more than the NFL draft. It's a very unpopular opinion, but typically there are just too many players to keep an eye on in the NFL draft and the basketball Uh, I I know college basketball very well, as as well as college football, but I can see the guys' faces. It's easier to watch tape, evaluate their game, so I love it. And typically, a lot of the prospects go up against each other one-on-one in March Madness. So, NBA Draft is definitely my vibe. Also, you can make your... Second listen, third listen, whatever you want to do in terms of order, Locked On ACC, Candace Cooper, your shepherd throughout the conference, telling you what you need to know about who Syracuse will play in this coming season on basketball, on the basketball side, that is, and in football. We talked a little bit earlier. Syracuse got a good draw for their ACC schedule in hoops. Candace is going to tell you if she's agreeing with me or disagreeing with me. And if she's agreeing with me, she's right. <laughs> How's that? That's, uh, hopefully, Candace is listening to this, and she'll reach out to me and give me a piece of her mind on that one. But in reality, she's been great uh, for us, and she's been great for the podcast family as well. Locked on ACC. Unbelievable job, Candace. Keep on going. That's it. We roll on with some more Syracuse basketball talk tomorrow. But enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everyone.